Hello and welcome to the Cafe Hustle podcast. I'm Andy Jones and today I'm talking to Katie Moses of CAM. Now CAM is all about providing insights to the hospitality sector, which Katie is massively passionate about. So we're going to talk about what it is that insights provide us and how they differentiate from data and how we as an industry can use them and use them to our advantage, not only to know about our customers, but also other areas of our business, such as our employees. And, and things like that. So we're going to get into this episode as soon as we get back from thanking our sponsors. Anyone who's ever removed themselves from the business know it's so important to have your systems in place. More importantly than that is having those systems in an accessible and editable way. If that's what you're looking for, make sure you check out Trainual. It's a really powerful document management system that allows you to customize, update and share your critical systems and checklists. Head over to Trainual, enter the code Cafe Hustle for 10% off your first 12 months. So, Katie, thank you for joining me on the Cafe Hustle. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. What a treat. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad to get you on here because I know we've sort of exchanged uh, over Twitter periodically, even from the last sort of six months. So it's great to actually have you on the podcast now. Yeah, it's great to meet you. Well, to, to e-meet you, do we still use that phrase? or? Yeah. Is that one of those awful phrases we've picked up during the pandemic? I don't think that's going to go anywhere, is it? So today we're going to talk about insights and and how hospitality businesses can benefit from accessing that and and how they can use it. But I start off all the way all the time to find out what people's motivators are and what their purpose is. So what's your mission? Yeah. Do you mean personally or professionally? We'll start personally. Okay, well, well personally, um, I, I started Cam Up eight years ago mainly because I'm, I think I'm utterly unemployable. And um, I figured that soon as I'm not going to be managed by anybody, I'd better start managing myself. Um, and I thought that, you know, with my experience in research and, and, and in the industry and in sales, etc., I thought, well, maybe this would be the way to go. From a professional um, point of view, it's kind of the same in some ways in that, in both professionally and personally, I'm so incredibly passionate about this industry. Um, you know, I live, sleep, eat, drink and breathe um, the hospitality industry. And it's something that I want to make sure that I'm contributing to in a positive way. And Cam has spent eight years obsessively getting to know the industry, getting to know consumers and customers and shoppers. Um, and also, of course, all the people that work in the industry and the staff and how they feel about things and just getting this sort of consumer, operator and staff insight and turning that into something that's that's usable for the industry that helps um, to increase the satisfaction that customers have with the experience, that staff have with the experience of working in hospitality. Um, and just to, to make sure that, well, certainly for the last two years, there actually still existed when we came out the other side. And that's something that we spent the last two years um, doing in addition to what we, we would normally do. So what was your journey then? How have you, your career, where have you been to get now to, to, op- or to start and camp? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I left university and went to work at the Daily Express. Um, so I was working with Daily Express, OK Magazine um, and the Daily Star. Um, three very different publications, I can assure you, even if they are under the same banner of Northern and Shell as they were at the time. Um, I left there and I had a few sort of uh, semi 
uh, easily forgettable sales jobs, shall we say. Um, and then I went into recruitment and I ran a recruitment agency for five years um, for a wonderful woman called Mandy Purchase, who is um, still a bit of a mentor figure to me. Um, and then I left there when the crash happened in 2008 because people weren't paying recruitment agencies because there were so many people available to work. And then I went to work for another research agency. I did about five and a half years there. It's like I get this five and a half year itch. I promise you it's not on purpose. Um, and that was great, but it was mainly grocery based. And, and I, I don't think that they um, ha really had the speciality in, and I don't think they do now in, in, in hospitality. So it was very much um, in an area that I found fascinating, but the passion wasn't quite there. So then when I left there, um as with everything that happens to me it was kind of accidental really I um I was away I was in Australia and I got a call from an ex-client who said you know do you want to run this this research project and I thought oh okay here we go again so and and that's why my business doesn't actually have what I consider to be a very good name because I literally got that job on the Friday and was starting work on the Monday and I had to get registered at company's house so I just went that we'll call it Cam um and then we will change it later we'll change it later and eight years on we've just dropped the second word that used to be there um and we are still can because we started to make a name for ourselves and then it was like oh do we do we change it or do we not and um and we went with not in the end so your passion for hospitality then where does it come from um, I, that's a great question uh, because I, I didn't grow up in it or anything like that. I mean, my father's a musician, so I've spent more than my fair share of time in pubs and, 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 um, concert halls and gig venues and things like that. Um, but to be honest, I just think that we are one of the very, very few industries that exists primarily to make people happy. And I think that the, the atmosphere around the uh, pubs, the bars, the restaurants, and you know, cinemas and theatres, etc. In in the UK, is second to none in the whole world, and I'm really, really proud of what we have to offer the customer. So I guess I just wanted to be part of that. Really, I think that that's where the passion comes from. I know I've spoken to a few people, and we've talked about how hospitality attracts the right people and, and the people that are made for hospitality in terms of from a working point of view as an employee but you're a prime example there that you we're still a, as an industry attract people even into the the service side of it or you know even outside of the day-to-day -day running hospitality there's so many passionate people like yourself that are drawn to this amazing industry yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, I think there's a common misconception that it, that it, it only suits sort of big personality extrovert people. I and mean, that's not necessarily the case, because I think that with such a multifaceted industry with so many opportunities for different styles of role in different styles of outlet, in different styles of operator, that there really is something for everyone. And, and whether you are the accountant or whether you're the maitre d', or whether you're the director, or whether you're the kitchen porter, you will and can find a role that's right for you in the hospitality industry. And I just think that that's, you know, and in years, in the last maybe, say, 10 years, we've come on leaps and bounds in career progression, um, in, in, in looking after our staff, in understanding 
what they need as much as just the customer. And I think that's something we can be really, really proud of. And I think that's one of the reasons that people want to get involved in our industry. Yeah, I completely agree. There's no matter your personality, there's always a place within hospitality for you, isn't there? There's always that spot. So we're talking about insights today. Now, first of all, I want you to just explain what you, how do you define insights? Okay, an insight is not a data set. A data set is a data set. So a data set is what you get when you get all your numbers and somebody X tells you that X amount of people do this, X amount of people do that. Um, And that's basically step one on the stage to get into an insight because the insight is when it then gets turned into something that's actionable, something we can actually use to improve our staff performance, improve our customer satisfaction, um, improve our product, create a new product. And for me, insight, and I've said this a a, a gazillion times and 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 I'm sure other people have as well, I'm I'm not claiming to be the first to say it, but it's the new oil, it's the new gold. And having that data is great, but then turning that into the insight that you need to make strategic changes to your business or answer strategic questions within your business, that's where it starts to become as valuable as oil and gold. Although nothing's as valuable as oil right now, right? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, at the minute. So in terms of what it means then for, for the hospitality industry, why is it so useful to have these insights? How can how can people use them in their business? Uh, well, right. So, I, uh, you know, the, the research agency that I used to work for before starting CAM was primarily grocery and retail focused. One of the areas uh, in hospitality that's kind of la- has been lacking in, in the past has been this obsessive, um, focus on gaining insight from our customers, from our consumers, from our from our, our staff and our teams. Um, if you look to grocery retail, they really did lead the way, and they still do. You know, if you look at people like Tesco Club Card run by Dunhumbin, you look at Nectar, etc. You know, the the insight that is generated, uh, sorry, the data that is generated, and then the way they turn that into insight, it is used to be second to none. And when I first started Cam eight years ago. I, I, it was pushing water uphill. It, it was very much, yes, but you don't know who your customer is. Oh, well, I do. They're this kind of person and they look like this and eat like this and they drink like that. Um, but actually, you find that so much of what we believe is insight is actually just made on assumptions. Um, there is no such thing as a sample as one, or there shouldn't be uh, such thing as a sample as one. So I think that the reason insights are so important are that we might have a rough idea what we're doing, but we need to validate that. Because otherwise, all we're doing and that that old um, sales uh, training technique thing where they put, you know, don't ever assume because you make an ass out of you and out of me. It's true. It really is true because you cannot be sure of anything if you are literally just observing it and then, you know, wrapping it all up into the belief that that you possibly already had and pushing away any, any doubts. So for me, insights are all about validating information that you may or may not know in the first place um and also making making it actionable not nobody telling me that 26 percent of people um drink uh actually 26 percent of people drink uh water when they're not having an alcoholic drink so you know there's no sale there for the industry for example but the insight comes from okay so what do we do about that so then we dig into those people and we say okay what 
what kind of drinks do you like if you don't have uh, alcohol and why do you choose water and what would make you not choose water and do you eat when you do that because if so I could do some food and non-alcoholic drinks matching so that's where the insight comes in that 26% is just a piece of data until you dig into it and find out what you can do about it. And is using insight is that or insights is that something that's applicable to any size business or is it something that should be more beneficial to industry wide or industry leaders or is it oh. something that individual operators can take advantage of? Absolutely, absolutely, and and actually, you know, uh, some of the big guys are fantastic at doing it, some of the small guys are good at doing it, but fantastic as well, but. Some of the most impressive things I've ever seen have actually come from single site operators or have come from people who don't have the massive budgets to have a Tesco club card style um, loyalty um, uh, card. So you can start really in a quite rudimentary way with insight. You know, you can host a focus group with seven customers sat around a table and with a discussion guide that you've thought through carefully so that you can ask them what they think about the the X, Y, and Z, um, you know, issues of the day that are important to you. Equally, you can run a £500,000 um, research program where you speak to a thousand people and maybe 20,000 online and you do some eye tracking. And, you know, so they there are no boundaries to insight. It's it's a it's a it's the kind of it's the addition to your business that you can make no matter how big you are, no matter how big your budgets are. There is always a way to gain insights, and sometimes it's just speaking to your customers, and and of course your staff, your teams, etc. Now, me personally, when I like even as we were planning this episode, when when I was thinking about insights, I'm purely thinking about customers and and their um their behaviors and bits and pieces like that but you've mentioned a few times now in terms of employee side mm. insights what sort of things can come out of of that what what have you got any examples that you could share yeah, of how it works or i've got i've actually got a really good example from the grocery industry which which i i trot out whenever someone says to me why should i bother to speak to the staff in um, my pubs, bars and restaurants or what, you know, because this is actually, say, it's grocery retail, it's a convenience store, large company, a, uh, let's call them um, Company X, who have, um, who produce washing powder, decided at one point to take out the middle of their washing powder box and put the ball that you put the washing powder in, in that middle. And they rolled, They did a load of customer testing, a load of consumer testing. They rolled that out through a thousand stores, whatever, whatever, how many stores they they were rolling out to initially. Um, it just didn't sell. Like they sold okay initially, and then it just wouldn't sell after that, and they could not understand why. And they came to us. This is my old company. They came to us and said, "Oh, look, you need to look into this." So we went and spoke to the retailers. What it turns out is that that little gap in the middle where the ball was collected dust so quickly and so easily that they would have to go around every day and basically wipe them all out. So they stopped putting it on the shelves because then they've got just an extra thing for them to do. Now that cost them hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds to roll out. And had they spent probably somewhere between the region of five and 10,000 pounds speaking to the retailers, they would have saved quite a lot of money. So certainly speaking to the retailers and the people that are actually putting the product on the shelves or pouring the drinks or, or serving the food, it's absolutely essential because you want those people to be as engaged in your products as they you possibly as they possibly can be. And if you're doing something that's just going to be an absolute arse ache for them to deal with, 
then they are not going to look upon you favorably and they're certainly not going to spend the time you know putting your product on the back bar or pointing out your product on the menu or you know everything else we want uh, as brand owners and product owners and manufacturers for them to do so it's absolutely imperative and then of course you're even talking about your employees and your team you know do you we in the um in the industry at the moment, you know we've got a massive problem with employment. You know, we just cannot get the right people into jobs. We certainly can't get enough of the right people into jobs. Now, it is a lot cheaper to retain the staff that you have than to, to, than, than to recruit new staff. If you're not speaking to your teams on a regular basis to understand how happy they are, uh, uh, to doing some benchmarking as to what's offered by other companies, etc. And how on earth are you going to know how to retain those staff? How on earth are you going to know what the positive offerings that you've got as a company, you know, out there to put out there when you do go to recruit new staff? So for me, insight is not just about the customer. It's where it starts, where it starts. But we have to have a holistic view. We have to have that 360 view because all of these should really just link into each other to give us the best crack of the whip uh, at getting it right. Yeah, I know a lot of people that I speak to around, like you said, their leadership point of view, they're talking about, oh, I don't know what my staff need. And the biggest thing that I just say to them is, have you spoken to them? Have you found out what they need? What do they need to change in the business to make their life easier? And, and like you're talking about the insights there, it adds another dimension to that. All this data can help us as an industry, one, attract better staff members, but higher quality staff members, which is really important. But more importantly, like you say, is retaining them. Because one, the skill set is there. And then two, it's exactly like you said, it's cheaper. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and I think as well, there needs to be some flexibility. You know, we've got, well, I'm working at the moment with uh, Mark McCulloch on uh, an initiative called Hospitality Rising, um, which for the, you know, the, the sake of £10 per employee, anyone can get involved. We've got some of the biggest hitters in the industry um, that have joined us with the idea that we do a sort of be the best, almost sort of army style um, campaign. Because what I do think is I think hospitality has a little bit of a PR problem. And I think that we, uh, it's certainly the older generation, of course, they are the mums and dads of the people that we're, we're attracting into the industry now. They look at us with those the kind of old fashioned eyes, then they don't realise how much we've come on and how, like we said at the beginning, how many amazing opportunities there are within our industry. But if we're going to do that, then companies have to also um, make sure they are offering those opportunities, opportunities, make sure they are offering that flexibility because what works for Sarah, who's working as a kitchen porter in in a five-star restaurant, and what works for John, who's working as a flair barman in a top London bar, they are two very different things. Um, and we've got this big opportunity to, as you say, to find roles for pretty much anybody who's got the passion and the, the, the sort of hard work uh, mentality but we do need to be flexible that we listen to the employees when uh, get that insight from them to find out exactly what they want so that we can make them as happy as possible and then they can make our customers as happy as possible. Yeah, I know we had Mark on the on the podcast earlier in the year and we were talking about hospitality rising. And anyone, like if anyone out there is listening to this now, make sure you check it out because to get involved in such a massive movement, and I think really it's something our, our industry won't necessarily see so it's a once in a generation attempt to try and really promote us as 
a a lifetime industry for people and a long-term career and mark's doing exactly that and obviously like you say with all the people that are involved in this massive massive movement this massive campaign it's going to benefit every single person in the industry absolutely it really will and in the long term as you say it is a long-term project this is not a flash in the pan this is not uh, 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 give give us some money and then we're gonna we're gonna disappear. You know this is very and everybody that's involved pretty much is doing it pro bono as well. Um, you know this is very much about changing uh, hearts and minds. I hate that phrase, but it is about changing hearts and minds and attitudes long term towards our industry. And you know we've been providing insight for that. That you know speaking to people and finding out what do you think about the hospitality industry. You know just speaking to the average um, UK adult and you know would you like your son, daughter, niece, nephew, to, to work in this industry, yes or no? And, and at the moment, the insight that we're getting, it, it doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence, and that's why something like Hospitality Rising is actually essential. Yeah. It just shows the extent that sort of like Cam is now involved in such high-level stuff, but also like on an individual basis level, individual business basis level. So in terms of so a food service business then, what sort of metrics or insights would you as a business provide them? When you say food service, do you mean the sort of wholesale side of food service or do you mean pubs, bars and restaurants and the, on the yeah, cold yeah. face? Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, so I think the majority of work that we do is bespoke. Um, I always say to our clients to think of us as a knowledge hub. So they come to us with a question or a hypothesis uh, or a problem um, and we answer it or we prove or disprove it or we um, or, or we come back to them with other ideas. But what we exist to do is to make sure that you are almost pathologically obsessed with your customers and with your employees' views. Um, so we will work on anything from uh, the launch of a new product to the launch of a new venue to the change of branding. Um, and we work with everybody. You know, we work with all the experiential boys and girls. So the, uh, the uh, NQ64 and Junkyard Golf and people like that. Um, we then work with a lot of the restaurant companies. And a lot of that is more about repositioning and understanding who their customers are. And, and, and maybe if they've launched a new menu, we did Better Italia's new menu. Um, we do a lot of taste testing and things like that. So, you know, we just did a project with wasabi and we're about to change the um, ingredients in a certain dish. So we, we worked on that. And we work with almost all of the pub companies, pretty much. And um, we do, uh, we've got the licensee index, which is uh, quite a well-known industry standard benchmarking um, program that just looks at what do licensees think about their parent pub company and then benchmarks that. And so that becomes a bit competitive every year with them all trying to sort of, to sort of beat each other. And, you know, it, it, we just, it, we will work on anything that we believe we can add a value to and the, the, where the project itself has to be interesting. You see, because Andy, this is the beauty of running your own business. So you can say no to things. So we try to work on very, very interesting projects and we've, we've got quite a few on at the moment. But it's, it's anything, I always say that research shouldn't be a pat on the back, it should be a kick up the ass. So that's what we're here to do. We're, we're here to do some ass kicking. That's what, and it's helpful to some people. That's what it is. And it opens up, I'd imagine, and you know this, you work with people and you show them this insight that may be different to what they had thought was the case. They 
had the anecdotal experience, but actually you provide them with that insight that actually says the opposite. How does that that experience, when you have that moment where you open someone's eyes, how does that feel from your point of view? Oh, that's that is that is combined my favorite and my least favorite parts of my job because there's a little bit of me that goes, see, now aren't you glad you did the research? <laughs> and then there's a little bit of me that goes, please don't argue this, please don't argue yeah. this. It is what it says. Um, listen, that is all about how you deliver it. And and I think that that you know we it's very competitive in this industry. And uh, I listened to Steve Alton from BAI give uh, an, an, uh, an address, a presentation a few months ago where he said, you know, mediocrity isn't good enough anymore. And if we want to, you know, as a business, if you want to compete in what is a highly competitive market of hospitality, then you've got to be the best that you can be. You can't be the best you can be if you're relying on a sample of one. I know what I like. You know what you like. You don't know what I like and I don't know what you like, you know, and that's, and if you also, unless you are, unless you are creating a product that is purely for your demographic and people that you know, well, you've got to go out and ask those questions and you can really risk, um, do it, if you do it yourself. I mean, obviously we'd love for everybody in the industry to come through CAM if they would like to do research and insight. Um, but even if you don't, go to someone that is independent as long as you can afford to, or even just get some advice from someone that's independent, because you don't realise you're leading the witness until you get the research back and you go, oh my God, we phrased that wrong, or we asked the wrong question, or we, we missed out that demographic. And, and to me, there's nothing better than when I can turn around to somebody and say, here is, so we just did some research with TipJar, for example. Um, the, so that's the, the t- sort of QR code tipping guys. Um, and the fact that the research came back and said what they wanted was great, but actually it pointed out a few things they hadn't even thought about. And that then gives them an idea for more functionality. That in turn is good for the employees who are using TipJar and it's good for the customers who are going to trust um, that the tips that they leave for the employees are going to the right place now. And, And I just think that projects like that are they're invaluable to the industry as a whole not just to the businesses that we're working with so if anyone is listening and they want to maybe get involved with some of the insights around their business whether it's through you or is there if there's something else that they could maybe even do as a starting point what are some actionable advice that you could give people in terms of getting to know more about what insights can do and how they can use them for their business Okay, well, um, the first thing is to understand what they want to understand. So quite often people come in at the wrong side of this and they say, right, I want to do some focus groups. And we say, no, 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 we don't know that we need to do focus groups yet. What do you want to use the insight for? Um, What are your objectives? And then we'll decide. And very, very often the methodology is different from what they believe that they want. So the first thing is they need to write down what are your objectives and how is it going to be used? Are you going to use this insight externally? So are you going to say, look, X amount of people think we're the best pub in town? Or are you using it internally to to inform strategy? Are you using it for short term? Are you using it for long term? Um, Is this something you're going to repeat annually or is it a one-off piece? Um, how exactly is this to, to to tell your your staff what they should be doing? Is this to tell your head office what they should be doing? Is this just about understanding your customers more? Or 
have you thought about actually understanding the people that don't come to you? Do we need to talk to them as well? Do we need to talk to people that used to come to you that don't anymore? And then once you've got that, that very basic um, objective and how are you going to use the insight, that's when you can then start to formulate a plan. So my, my first piece of advice is start there, not there. People very often start, they jump in the middle and they say, no, we need to pull you back to here, please. That'd be good. The second thing I would say is if you are using anybody external, please, for the love of God, do a good brief. Now, if you don't know what a good brief looks like, ask your agency. They'll have a template. They'll be able to help you with that. But a three lines saying, I really want to know who my customers are, Katie, now that we've moved to Newcastle. No, we can't work with that. We really can't. Um, the other thing I would say is do not get scared about how much insight can cost because there is always a way to do it cheaper. There is always a way to gain more value. And any good agency, any good insight agency or consultant or just somebody that works in the industry um, will know how you can gain the best value from a piece of research. For example, piece of research we're working on at the moment, which is actually a strategic piece. So it's about looking at where the company is going to be going in the next four to six years. At the same time as doing those interviews, we've been taking some Vox Pops of their customers, which they can then use in their social media. At the same time as doing that, we're also doing a bit of an a bit of a, a operator um, sort of venue audit as well, so that they can understand where perhaps they need to improve some standards internally. Um, so I think that just making sure you get the most value from that. And as I said at the beginning, whether you are a one man band or whether you're uh, or one woman band, I should say, um, or, or whether you're a massive multinational with 3000 sites, there is always a way to, to find out what you need to find out. But then the crucial bit is acting upon it. And this is why I like using someone that's external, because they'll be they will be on you to say, have you done this? Have you done that? Can I have a testimonial? What did you do with that insight that we asked for? And I would build that in if you are paying somebody to do it. I would build in a debrief, you know, and I don't mean 10 minutes on the phone. I mean a day's workshop of looking at exactly what have you done because it's not insight until you act on it and it needs to be actionable. So that would be my sort of process. Um, I mean, there's so much to it, more to it, of course. And I'm doing my research team a massive, massive disfavour by leaving it there. But certainly, for me, they are the essentials and the crucial points. Yeah, I think touching on your point there about taking action, there's a lot of people that have access to, whether it's from their POS system even, the data that comes from that. And it's one thing having the data. It's another thing, like you say, turning it into something that's useful in the first instance. But then it's completely useless even at that stage if nothing comes out the back of the other side, even if it's just a, even a slight tweak to what you do, you've got to always, it's, it's got no value unless there's action that follows it. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think that the other thing, I think the other thing that scares people sometimes is um, if I, where do I, where do I get this from? Because maybe I don't have the cash to, to, to um, put a 50,000 pound research program in. But if you go online, there there's a lot out there. I mean, we've got a AAA um, uh, knowledge hub that we launched in February this year, um, and that's got tons and tons of free insight on it. Um, you can go on there. You can learn about Gen Z. You can learn about Low and No. You can learn about uh, the customer journey through a restaurant. Um, you know, all of that is there and it's available. And if people just go out and and, and have a look for that you know, whether it's us, whether it's someone else, just arm yourself with as much knowledge as you possibly can. 
but do set yourself a bit of a target as to right i'm going to do I, there's going to be five actions from this piece of research there's going to be five things that i act upon um and i think that's absolutely imperative yeah so how can people get in touch with cam maybe find out whether it's something that they can use your services and help them in their business how can they get in touch with you they uh, can go on our website, which is cam-media.co.uk, which is the, the the old name that we haven't really quite worked out how we're going to change that on the website yet. They can drop me a line, which is ktkty at cam-media.co.uk. Follow us on Twitter, ktcammedia and cammedia insights. And we're on Twitter and we're on LinkedIn. Um, but we'd love to hear from you. And even, you know, even if you think I don't have the kind of budgets to do some research work, let us point you in the right direction at the very least, um, because, you know, a rising tide lifts all ships and the, the better we can all get at this, the better our industry is going to be and the better we're going to all come out of it and the happier our customers are going to be. Yeah. And a great phrase you've just used there. It's something actually this week is, I don't know, I've lost count of how many times, you know, talking to certain people about, you're right though, a rising tide does lift all ships and everyone in our industry can benefit, even from the general insights that are out there, like you say, and are available. There's, everyone can, can use them in the right way. So listen, Katie, thank you so much for joining me on the Cafe Hustle. I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge and your experience with our audience. So thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure, Andy. I was really excited to bring Katie onto the Cafe Hustle because I know how passionate she is and very clearly that came across in that interview. Now, if you're thinking about getting into looking more into your data and your insights, it can be really powerful from a business point of view. So really start to think of what data sources you have already at your disposal for example, your POS system, that can give you some information. Have you got any information about the people that live around your business, a local area? Start to tap into that, but also don't forget to reach out to these agencies that are able to take that raw data and to turn that, like we said in the, in the interview, turn that into something that is really usable from a business point of view and to give you that step up in terms of the decision-making process, having that sort of information available can be really beneficial. So make sure you consider even checking out Cam because obviously Katie is really, really passionate about small businesses and not the whole industry as a whole. So make sure you check them out. Anyway, thanks again for joining me on the Cafe Hustle and I'll see you on the next episode.